Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to Knowledge Quest, your student experience podcast, where you ask the questions and I find the answers. This is Slate Thackeray, your host. And this week on the show, I sat down with someone very special. Her name? Linda Thackeray. She happens to be my cousin, and she is the director of the Microsoft Garage in Dublin, Ireland. The reason why I thought of Linda is because this week we're talking about the ins and outs of a great interview. Linda happens to work with hundreds of interns who come through her program, and she does all of the interviewing. Her insights are invaluable. So take a listen. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Knowledge Quest, your student experience podcast. I am Slate Thacker, your host, and I am sitting with the one and the only, the incomparable Linda Thackeray. And no, you did not mishear me. We do share the same last name and we are related. Linda and I are cousins. We come from the same brood of Thackeray's. Um, from, we could get into family history some other time, but I am so excited to be sitting with Linda. Linda is, uh, so she's not only my cousin, but she is, she's the, would you say managing director or the director of manages? How does that? I, I that am, know, Linda? I am the director of awesome is what my uh, director LinkedIn of says, but awesome. just director of garage. And, she, and she is at the garage in Dublin. This is for Microsoft. It's part of the Microsoft Technology and Research Group or TNR. Um, and the Microsoft uh, Garage, for all of you who are like, well, what is this slate and what's going on here? Uh, Microsoft Garage is a community of people who embrace programs, offerings, and facilities that drive hack culture, innovation, and learning. So before the show, uh, Linda and I were talking and I was saying that for my listeners out there right now, I, you know, right now I, I work a lot with students who are in the field of kinesiology, so health sciences. And so you might be wondering if you're one of those listeners, why are you talking with Linda? <laughs> and why are we talking about Microsoft and Garage and hack culture? So our topic today is the ins and outs of a great interview. And the reason why I wanted to sit down with Linda is because she works with like 90% of interns who are all younger than 30-ish and, and does primarily like all of the interviewing. And so for all of you out there who are like, I'm on the cusp of an interview or I'm going into an internship, we're going to talk a little bit about that culture and how can you really shine. So within the interview, maybe our conversation will organically move into a conversation about kind of being the best intern you can be. Um, but that might also be for another time and another place. Um, Linda, thank you so much for being here with me. I'm thrilled to be here. And I'm thrilled to talk about, talk about this topic as well, too, because uh, like we just finished several months ago, our last round of interviews for this upcoming uh, intern cohort. So fresh off, yeah. interviewing several. So it's on your mind. You're ready yep. to go. Yeah. So we, so I just, we had talked about this before, but we just kind of framed this with some questions. So listeners, we're going to go through this. And as you do, as always, I want to encourage you to either have something like to write down with, this is the teacher in me, <laughs> like, be ready to take some notes. Um, if you're driving or if you're just listening while you're, you know, kind of puttering around the house or cleaning or whatever, um, make sure you give yourself time to like pause the podcast, um, to think about what's going on because 
really give yourself time to digest because you're going to hear things maybe offhand or whatever. And you're gonna be like, whoa, 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 like maybe that like blew my mind or opened me up to the next step. So just be ready for that. Um, and then also just keep your mind open for the crossovers in, in how what Linda and I talk about are going to be really useful for you. Okay. So here we go. So our, I'm going to go in through, I'm going to go through some like I'm going to go through some really basics of interviews that might be like, oh, this is a little cliche, but I really, I want to talk about it because students don't always conceptualize this. So in your experience, Linda, we know that it depends, mm -hmm. but when it comes to attire for the interview, mm -hmm. what are your opinions? What's like, what's like the pro tip? What's your, you know, is business attire, you know, is that really impressive or does it, you know, what's your experience with that? Yeah, that, that's a really great question. And, and like you said, it, it depends on what you're interviewing for. Like, for example, if you were to come in and interview for some kind of like marketing executive type thing, you know, business attire would be important. I think um, for me, more so than uh, what you're wearing is basically your presence. So, um, you know, I've had, again, like we must have interviewed probably over 100 in interns over the last, you know, several months or so for this upcoming intern cohort. And they're dressed in different ways. You know, some are in T-shirts and jeans and some are in, you know, ties and suits and dresses and things like that. But I think what really matters, at least in my industry, is your presence. Like, are you respectful? Are you on time? You know, how are you presenting yourself? Are you sitting up straight? Are you you know, attentive during the interview, all of those things for me kind of overshadow what it is that you're wearing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I would say that that, that has a, just a skosh more importance um, than, than basically what you have on your body. I, I love that. Uh, and for all of my listeners out there, and as you're going into whatever, like whatever avenue you're going into, or maybe you're like, I'm getting ready to make a change, right? This idea of really finding out who you are and presenting that best person, yep. you know, how, you know, can really just overshadow whatever it is you're wearing. It's like, it all follow, falls away. It doesn't even really, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't even really Absolutely. matter. Um, okay. So next question, this mm -hmm. is one that I, it's, I think this is going to help me <laughs> as much as it helps anyone else. <laughs> so we, Linda, you know, I know, and I think yeah. that as interviewees, we all know this as well is that almost everyone says like the same things. Mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, I'm like, I'm super hardworking and I'm loyal and I'm a fast learner, you know? And it's not that those things aren't true. Yeah. But how do we make our story shine in the interview? How can, how can yeah. those things both be true, but not cliche? <clears throat> okay. That, that's a really, another really great question. And I, I want to, I want to answer that kind of in a roundabout way, if that's okay. So oh, please. Now, listen, there, there are, you can go on the internet and search, you know, interviewing tips, you know, there's a hundred thousand of them out there and, and for your listeners who are actually going to be doing interviewing, I would recommend mm. you go out and pick one that resonates with you and, and kind of do that. Um, so I, I don't want to go into all of the details of different things that you would find out there, but there, there's one like really super important thing um, that has four parts to it that, that I just want to just talk about really quickly. Um, yeah. Uh, with, with regards to interviewing. And that is, what's the, there's the, this famous saying, what prior planning prevents poor performance. Is that some kind of famous saying? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so I, I would say you, you, you got to come prepared. You got to come prepared to an interview. And there's, 
there's four parts of that preparedness that I think are, are really, really, really important. And the first thing is, is you've got, you got to practice. you got to practice, 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 and, and practice talking out loud. So find a family member, find a friend to do some kind of mock interviewing with you. Go out online, you know, find, find relevant interviewing questions for the particular industry that you're interviewing for and actually practice that. And, and the, the purpose for that is, is you've got to get really crisp on your answers. And, and when I say getting crisp on your answers, like there's no bloviating, right? Don't bloviate. Don't like make your answers flowery or too big or too long-winded. You know, you want them to be crisp. At the same time, though, presumably, you also have a job description that you've gotten from the person or the, the company that you're interviewing with. And in that job description are keywords. They're skills and requirements that, that the company is looking for. And so when you're telling your story, you need to practice incorporating those buzzwords into your answer. So like, for example, if I'm interviewing for a job and they're looking for someone with attention to detail and communication skills and, and whatever those may be, then what you want to do is you want in your answer to your questions, you got to weave somehow weave that into the storyline, right? So, so that, that, those are the kinds of things that, that are going to set your answers apart from others. It's like, because they're the interviewers are looking for those kinds of examples anyway, in what you're saying. And so if you weave that into your, your, your responses, um, that that's super key. Um, so another, so another piece of advice that goes with this one, and then I'll go to the other three. Another piece of advice on this as well, too, is look at all of the things that you have on your resume and make sure that you kind of have an answer for any kind of question that may come up about your resume. Mm -hmm. And I, I will give this piece of advice because I see this happen all the time and it always floors me. If it's on your resume, you had better be able to respond to it. Right, because I guarantee someone somewhere is going to ask you a question about that odd, crazy thing that you stuck on there to make you look better. And listen, we all do that. We all fudge things a little bit. I mean, that's just the way that it is. I totally get that. But if but if it's on there, you, you better be prepared to answer a question that's going to come as a result of it being on your resume. So so that so keep that in mind as well too. Okay. So number one is is practice, practice, practice. The second thing is, is you've got to come prepared having researched the company that you're interviewing with. You got to know who the CEO is. You got to know who, what, the, what the business strategy is. You got to know what the industry is. You, and you've got to be prepared to, to weave those kinds of things in as well, too. Because I will tell you right now, within the first 10 minutes of talking to any intern, I can tell you if they have researched the company or not. Yeah. I can tell. I'm like, you have no idea who you're interviewing with. And I was like... It seems like you should have like at least at least know who the CEO is of the company that you're interviewing, yeah. right? So you got to You got to come prepared, knowing uh, what's going on uh, with the company. And, and I will say, if an extra side benefit as well too is if you can find out who you're interviewing with, stalk them on LinkedIn, find out who they are, find out what their career trajectory is, because those are the kinds of things. Knowing those are things that can help you kind of build a rapport with the, with the person that you're interviewing with as well, too. So know the person, if you can, yeah. a lot of times when you're interviewing for, for internships, you're going to interview with several different people, so you, you may not know who they are. But if you have that ability to find out who it is you're going to be interviewing with, um, stalk them on Facebook. Okay, so practice, and then know, know the, the company that you're coming into. Yeah. The third thing is, it, you, you have to be prepared to answer, to ask questions. Like, that is so stinking frustrating when I've got, because I always leave the last 15 to 20 minutes of an interview 
just for the person to ask me questions. Yeah. And it's super frustrating when they're like, oh, I don't have any questions. I'm like, make something up. <laughs> ask me anything. What's it like to be a woman in your industry? You know, yeah. how do you get to where you are? Where do you see the company going in the future? I mean, there's just a whole list of questions that you can come prepared to ask. Yeah. Even if you don't give a rat's butt about the answer, is irrelevant. You, you should have a list of questions written on a piece of paper or typed up when you go into the interview so that when that time comes of, hey, do you have any questions for me? You're just like, yes, I do. And you can like spout something off. Okay, so that's number three. Oh, I love it, yeah. The fourth thing, and, and then I'll shut up. The fourth thing that I would be prepared with is you got to be prepared to actually listen to mm. verbal and nonverbal cues. So, so I, there's, this happens a lot, right? We'll get these interns in. We ask questions sometimes intentionally harder than you're going to be able to answer. That's just, that's just the trick of the trade that yeah. happens because we want to see how you deal with it, right? Yeah. But we want you to succeed. And so a lot of times we'll actually seed you with the answer that we're looking for just by how we're responding to you. Yeah. And if you're in tune and listening to what it is that we're saying, you're going to do great. You're going to do great. Yeah. Another thing in terms of like nonverbal cues, like if you're, if you're in the process of going through a big response to a question and you look up and you see the person is got a perplexed look on their face or, you know, you can all, you spend, stop yourself and be like, can I clarify anything? So you really got to read the verbal and nonverbal cues and really be attentive and listen to what's happening in the interview as well, too. So I would say, okay, of all the things that you're going to learn, yes, all of that's important. Um, but in terms of being prepared, I would say these four things are like super important for me. You know, practice, 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 be prepared, research the company. The third thing is, is come prepared with lots of really great questions uh, and then be prepared to listen when you get in there. So those are, those would be my advice. Oh, uh, Linda, I feel like I am learning a lot as I sit here. <laughs> I also feel validated. <laughs> Good. You know, it's those moments where, and you know, for my listeners, especially listeners who are my students, um, and I preach this gospel, you know, like every day, right? And yeah. so um, I think that I want to take these amazing concepts, these four concepts, and I'll say them, I'll say them back as well, just so that as yeah. you're listening you know, students be like, well, no, I've already heard it. Well, here's repetition, 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 right? So, right, that you are practiced when you're there. So something that I see students do, that I see st students struggle with, and maybe we all struggle this, with this. I know this is, you know, a student experience podcast, so, so that's who I speak to. Um, but let's say that you're not a student right now. Maybe you're someone who's in Canada or, or in Dublin, right? You know, or somewhere else in the world, and you've happened to cross Knowledge Quest First of all, welcome and thank you for being here. But something that I notice when it comes to practicing is we get really embarrassed, mm -hmm. even if we're just by ourselves. Yeah. And um, I'll speak for my eight-year-old daughter who hates like doing mantras or speaking out loud or just saying, I can do it. She's like, oh, it's so embarrassing, you know? But we all have an eight-year-old inside of us. We all have a, you know, 13-year-old inside of us who's like, please do not make me do that out loud. Yeah. But yeah. so however you can do that, listeners, however you can... Find a, a sacred, safe space where you can talk out loud, where you can practice out loud. The truth of what Linda is saying is that you, so that your tongue can get used to talking. Like literally, like this is a actual function of your brain and your body. Like so mm -hmm. that your tongue can get used to saying those answers out loud. 
you will have so much more success. So yeah, knowing that- Yeah, and I yeah, will please. say too, that as we are in this mask wearing time, so I totally talk as I'm walking down the street <laughs> and nobody can tell because I've got yeah. my mask on, right? <laughs> anyway, so there's lots of different ways that you yeah. can do it. And I do it, Linda, I do it in the car when I'm driving anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll, like I'll practice out loud or I'll, I'll pretend different things and stuff like that. So, you know, be, don't be afraid to look a little, look a little out of your mind because it's, you know, hey, we're, if it's for the goal and the dream, you know, right, make it happen. Yes, so. absolutely. Um, my experience in knowing the company, just to kind mm -hmm. of reiterate this and to put some like real world context on this, um, I have, so multiple interviews that I've done in the past where I came in and I knew specifically the company's mission and their vision. And I came in having um, prepared all my materials based off of that mission and that vision. First of all, it let me know if I wanted to actually be a part of that company. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Because um, if you can't really identify with it, maybe you shouldn't be there. Right. The um, that it wasn't so much like, oh, wow, Slade, we're so impressed with you. It was that I could naturally be a part of the conversation. Right. I wasn't on the outside. I wasn't an outsider. They would tell me things like, wow, we just feel like you're already part of the team. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if I didn't get the job, right, they would tell me in an interview, like, wow, like this feels so natural and it feels like you're speaking our language. Know your, know the company. Right. Yep. Um, go, asking questions, the, impo the importance of asking questions. Um, students and listeners out there, you might be wondering like, but what if I don't have, I guess that's my question for you. You know, you already answered that. Like, if, even if you don't think you have a question, Linda, your one question, which I think is so important, especially for um, for any woman who's going into industry at all, right? So there's still such a long way for us to go to bridge the gap between, right. you know, traditional male and female wages and work in, in a workforce. Just that question, what yeah. is it like to be a woman in your industry? Yep. And Linda, I want to know if a man asked you that question, how would you feel? Would that be like, you don't have any place asking that question or how would you feel? No, and here's the crazy thing. I actually get that question asked more by men than women. Oh. Yeah. I know. Isn't that crazy? Um, no, I, it doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I, I, I love answering the question. I, I've been super fortunate in my life to be in an industry that's, that's very um, supportive of women in the workplace. And so, yeah, yeah no, I, 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 I love getting asked the question because I can, I can talk in your full on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that for our listeners too, remembering to balance, because that's, that's like a personal slash professional question, right? What is it like yeah. to be a woman in the industry? Right. Um, but listeners, be, be mindful and practice your questions that might live on the cusp or the edge of personal. Um, mm -hmm. I have been in interviews with interviewees where I've, you know, where I've been working with them to see if they're going to get a position within our program and have asked very personal questions. <laughs> Yeah. And it's sometimes it's like, maybe that was a little too personal. So, you know, just being my, you know, my thought on that is be careful to balance that question of like, you know, how many kids do you have? Like, yeah. well, I, I have three. I'm not sure why we're talking about my children right now, but um, you know, and then going on to this idea of, of listening. Um, I want to speak into that when we go into an interview, we're probably extremely nervous, right? Heart rate is up. You're probably sweating. You're just hoping to get through it all. Right. Um, so this goes back to that first principle, which is to practice, right? Give yourself time to be able to take deep breaths and to be, be able to be in the moment and to listen. Yep. Um, 
Because I think that when we feel like we didn't get it, it's probably because we weren't listening. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. And yeah. Yeah. Yes to everything you just said. <laughs> well, no, that's just to put some, <laughs> that's just to put some examples of what you said, you know, within this space of, of like this, these four principles, you know, we will read, you can read them in different iterations. I'm just grateful to bring them to our students here in this space. Yeah. Um, okay. So Linda, yeah. what do you, this, as I read this question that I sent to you, I'm wondering if this is maybe too broad, but you tell me, what do you like to hear in an interview? And then on the flip side, what do you not like to hear in an interview? Yeah. So what I like to hear, so I, this is, a, this was an interesting question to, to think through. Um, and, and I, I will, I will preface this by saying that it's, it's, it's interesting what you can get from an interview or the, t the types of information you can tweeze out of, out of a candidate um, by, the, by the questions that you ask. So a lot of times my job is to kind of ask the, the crazy, like all, one of the questions that I ask in every interview is like, tell me about the best team you've ever worked on. What made it so good and what role did you play? And sometimes that's going to be the only question I'll ask. And I can actually, I can actually tweeze out of your answer to that question if you're going to be a team player, if you're, if you're able to collaborate, Mm -hmm. If you have good communication skills, you know, all, if you have attention to detail, how you're going to work with a difficult coworker, all, I can tweeze all of that out of your answer. And so what I like to hear are very authentic responses mm -hmm. to questions. Even if it's like, yeah, I really messed that one up. I, I love those kinds of answers. Cause it's like, yeah, cause I can tell you're not trying to, you know, like blow smoke, you know, up whatever you, but you like you know what, you know what I'm saying yes. but, but, but that you're like super authentic and, and that you learned something from that right and so um so just really super authentic genuine answers to questions even if it maybe doesn't make you look good but if you can demonstrate that you learned something from that experience that's awesome and yeah. and that is like super thumbs up um if if you're um humble enough, I guess, to, yeah. to admit those kinds of things. Um, and then, and then what you learn from that. Gosh, what do I not like to hear in an interview? So I haven't had very many bad interviews, but I have had some bad interviews, <laughs> you know, any, any kind of, any kind of, um, uh, responses from candidates where they I'm thinking of one example in particular, and I, sh I should probably tell you this. So I, I, was in a, I was in an interview once with a candidate, and I was asking her about a project. It was a, a female uh, candidate, and she was from a company on the West, I mean, a, a university on the West Coast. And um, she, I was asking her about one of the projects that she was working on. And she, in her response, she, you, you could tell that she was going very deep technically. And of course, I'm not part of her project, so I I'm not going to know all the ins and outs of what she's talking about. Yeah. But in the process of going that, she stopped, she looked at me, and then she made a comment of like, oh, this is probably all too complex for you. Let's move on or something like that. And I was like, so... Yeah. I'm like, so I, it's not necessarily what I don't want to hear, but I don't ever want to, I don't ever want a candidate to assume that I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so I, from that kind of thing, I would have been like, um, 
yeah, I didn't really care for that answer uh, to that to that question. So again, it's it's all being about being you know respectful and and attentive and reading the verbal and the nonverbal cues and then adjusting when you ne when you need to to yeah. maybe change your language a little bit so that what you are saying can be. Um, can be understood by the person that you're speaking to. Yeah. I don't know if that was a good answer to your question, but. No, I think yeah. it's great. And Linda, just to put some more, right? This is like, so the teacher in me, right? When I always say like, yeah. I'm going to put framework around it. Also listeners, if you're like, Slate, what does it mean to put framework around something? Um, it means right that I like, so think of a building. This is for our listeners. So think of a building that's being, and not a building that's necessarily being built, but a building that's being, um, the being like refurbished, right? So they put all of the scaffolding around it so that they can support the building while they go and attend to the pieces that they need to attend to. So if I'm putting framework around something, so in this example, right? So Linda shared with us this idea of, you know, some really strong answers and then some not so strong answers in the interview space. And what I'm doing is I'm gonna put my Slade scaffolding up on it and then I'm gonna help point out the parts that maybe will help make sense. So if awesome. you're like Slade, what does framework mean? That's what it, that's what it means. So, um, so in this idea, I wanna go into, um, I want to talk about authenticity, Linda, mm -hmm. and then let's talk about this idea of um, the answer that is not as strong. And I'm going to start there first. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who are listening and you're like, well, but what was wrong about that? Or, you know, what, you know, what was, what could have been better? And wondering what, you know, as you're listening, friends, think about this from the lens of, you know, it, how could that have been different if she had asked a question? So instead of saying like, oh, this is probably too technical for you, yeah. right? And if she had asked a question, which was, am I answering the question? Have yeah. I, have I like, and how that shifts into authenticity and humility, right? Like, I'm actually not sure I'm answering your question anymore. Have yeah. I, am I asking your question? Because yeah. now you're getting to the heart of what sounds like her issue, like her maybe internal process, which was like, oh my gosh, I think I've done, I think I've talked about too much, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> and you know her tone though right which yeah. you know Linda it sounds like you received which was yeah. like oh this is too technical for you I'm just not going to talk about it right like yeah. if that if that interviewee had asked instead a question which was have I gone too far have I started drifting man what a mo I, I don't know Linda what do you think of that I think that would be such a yeah. moment of connection that would have been so much better that would and it, the and I Yes, because of the, the tone of, of, you know, giving me the benefit of the doubt or giving yeah. or not having that condescending type of response to a question. Absolutely. That you, what you just said was exactly right. If, if it had been like, oh, oh, wait a minute, let me, let me frame this differently. Yeah. Let me ask a question. That would have been perfect. Totally. So then that for me dovetails into this idea of authenticity. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that, Linda, you've given me a, an idea. I think that um, in a bonus uh, episode coming up, I would like to talk about authenticity all on its own because it's mm -hmm. such a huge, broad topic. And we, in, you know, in a post-Brene Brown world, we talk about authenticity all the time, <laughs> um, you know, especially interviewing and companies and things like that. So, but I want to, I want to like make it just real simple right now. And, and then to leave something on our plates and on the plates of our listeners Authenticity is being, is being you yeah. in the framework and the context of that company. And if you're like, holy crap, Slade, but I don't know who that person is yet. And I'm still trying to figure that out. That's why I'm doing this internship. Then that's where I'm going to challenge you to go and do that work, right? Like go and, and do that work around who you are. And, um, 
And in order to help you, I'll, I'll post a little something on authenticity and how do we find that place. But being authentic, being honestly you, Linda, I love what you said about balancing, you know, well, within your story, telling it in a really humble way of, mm-hmm. of like, yeah. hey, this is who I am, own my skills, own that I'm, and Linda, like, like many, like of all of our students and of the interns that come to you, right, they're, they're brilliant, right? Yeah. Like, yes. So incredibly talented. So own that, be that person, but also recognize that you're trying to do something with your life and yeah. you, know, you need access via this internship or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of like frame that a little bit. Um, so Linda, I think that at this moment, let's just, let's take a moment, uh, listeners, we're going to take a break. Um, I just want to recap for you if you're, you know, you're here and you're listening with us or you're just jump, jumping in or whatever. Um, this is Knowledge Quest, your student, your student experience podcast. You're asking the questions and we, I work to, with obviously my family and my friends to help you, uh, to help you find the answers to that. Today I've been sitting down with Linda Thackeray, um, who, she's not just my cousin, she, I really consider her to be one of my best friends and I'm so grateful for Linda for your help and things like that. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and go through a few more of these ideas around strong interviews. We're going to talk a little bit about like the kind of the performance of the intern just a little bit, I think. uh, And then we'll go into our speed round. So join us. We'll be back after the break. Hey everyone, welcome back uh, to Knowledge Quest, your student experience podcast. So this again is my shameless plug, and I'm sorry listeners, you're going to be so sick of hearing me say this, but in those interludes, I share, it's just like a little bit of music. What I would love to do there is I would love to have a little like music from you, the listeners. So if any of you are budding musicians, or if you know somebody who's trying to get their music out there, um, this audience is growing, ever growing. Um, and so why don't we give them a leg up and help them out? So, um, if you have a bit of music that you want me to share in there, um, please just shoot me some audio clips and I can put those into the breaks that we have. So everyone, again, I'm sitting here with Linda Thackeray. No, you're not mistaken. We do share the same last name because we are cousins and we've been talking about the ins and outs of a great interview. We've also been likening it to and, and really looking at it through the lens of, of internship. And so, but listeners out there who are not going into internship but are just interviewing, please remember that these skills apply everywhere. Mm-hmm. So don't, you know, don't like zone out or turn it off just because you're like, oh, well, I'm not interning though. Like this is, this is everywhere. So we're going to, we're going to go into, I've asked Linda if she'll share with us a little bit about what she wished she had known when she was job hunting and then she has which is really cool linda's gonna dovetail that into some just some really great career advice so linda what do you wish you had known when you were job hunting and searching for your career home yeah so i i i get this question a lot actually and and over the years of working with so many students and working with so many you know people and, and interviewing and hiring and things like that I, i've actually come up with like these six six little points of career advice that I, I wish that I had when I had first started in, in the industry and when I was first looking. Um, and so what I have done is I've actually written these up and, and I give these to every intern cohort that comes in over the summer. I, I share these with them just to kind of help them 
Uh, well, I don't know if it's helping them or not, but it, it would help me if I was in their, their situation. So I'll, I'll share this with those, the, these with you. There's, there's six points to it. And the first point is, is that you gotta, you gotta come to the realization that you, you own your career, you, mm. capital Y-O-U, you own yes. your career, you own your success and you own your failures. Mm. Whatever you choose to do moving forward, you own the outcome. So because of that, don't sit back and wait for things to happen. You've got to go out and make them happen for yourself. And I know that seems a little bit scary, but, uh, you know, it, it'll be so, so worth it in the end if you do that. The second thing is, is you got to develop your soft skills. So, you know, most of these students are most, not all of the students that come out of college, they're really, really great at, at whatever the industry is that they were studying, right? Wicked, these kids I call them kids, but these students come out of college wicked smart, right? They yeah. know their things. But I would challenge each person to also really, really think about and develop your soft skills, meaning your communication skills, your collaboration skills, your attention to detail, your passion, your drive, your initiative. And these are skills that are not only going to give you a leg up in, the, in the, the workforce, but they will also be skills that will give you a leg up in whatever you're doing in your life, right? It's not just career stuff. It's, it's life stuff as well, too. The third thing is, is you got to be you. Like, figure out what it is that makes you uniquely you. What is it that your, your team needs, your project needs, your organization needs? Why is it that they need you? Figure out what that is and then leverage the hell out of it. I would just say, figure out, figure out what makes you uniquely you, and then figure out ways to leverage that. Ooh, yeah. The fourth thing is, is you gotta take risks, right? Don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to experiment. Don't be afraid to fail, because failure leads to learning. So, you know, Try all of these things out, take that risk, and then, you know, like if you do fail on, on whatever it is that you're doing, make sure that you learn from that and then you apply that learning to the next risk that you take. Mm. So that's number four. So number five is you got to connect with people. Like every good thing that you're going to do in your life, all of the things that you make, all of the things that you build, all of the things that you do, you're going to do with other people, Right you got to connect with the people around you because you never know that person you're sitting next to today could one day introduce you to your future partner, to your future boss, to your future coworker. They may lead you down a path that you had no idea that you were interested in, but now somehow you're there. So, but, so, but you won't know that if you don't connect with the people around you. So get to know the people around you. And then the last thing is, it's like stay relentlessly curious constantly. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Why is this? Why is that? stay curious in all that you do. So I would say those six things, you own your career, develop your soft skills, be you, take risks, connect, and stay curious. If you keep those at the forefront, you're going to do just fine. Oh, oh, uh, yes. I think all I have to say is like, amen. Linda, in terms of your personal journey, how yeah. have how have you seen these points come to fruition? Like how have you seen these things come to light in your own journey? Yeah, so I, I would say that I, I wasn't very good at a lot of these things uh, for starting out, obviously. Um, 
you know, when I first started at Microsoft, the, the you own your career part, I remember just kind of sitting in my office and waiting for things to happen around me. It's like, I'm assuming somebody at some point is going to come in here and like, tell me what to do. Right. <laughs> well, it doesn't ever happen that way. So finally, after, you know, a couple of weeks of not doing anything, I'm like, okay, I guess I better kind of figure this out. Um, but I think of all of those things that what has benefited me the most is the being me, right? Mm-hmm. Figuring out what, like I, I kind of have an idea now of what my strengths are. And then I look for opportunities to utilize those strengths to further me in my career. Yeah. That I think has been the biggest benefit um, to me out of all of these things. But yeah, so I, I again, it's a learning process. You're never going to be really great at everything right at first, but as long as you kind of go through your career with these, with a lens, this lens on, um, it, it can really help you. Oh, there's so many things inside of there. <laughs> I, the one, especially about this idea of, uh, sitting there, I'm thinking of you, sitting there, and, you know, and putting myself there, also thinking of my students in that place where you're like, okay, well, I'm just waiting for something to happen. Right. And okay, well, it doesn't, it's not going to work that way. Yeah. Um, and that you, like you own you. Yeah. And for our young listeners, those who are either just starting in their university journey or wherever they're at in their education, um, listeners, whether you're in vocational school, not in school, um, you know, whether you're in a community college or for university or a mass, you know, in a graduate program, wherever you are, um, our listeners who are working professionals, um, this, I think I'm most empowered by, by Linda, really your first point, which is you own you. Yep. No one, no one else owns you. And the reality, you know, that bumps up against realities. And I think Mm -hmm. I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but the reality of, yes, there are bills to pay, Mm -hmm. right? There are bills to pay. You know, we've got many times there's like family to take care of, you know, there, all of those things, right? We, we all have those things. So sometimes when we feel like, well, I can't really own me because I have to stay in this crappy job or whatever it is because I have to pay the bills. There's a truth to that, right? Like, okay, yeah, maybe I do have to stay in this not awesome job for a while so that I can pay my bills. But that doesn't mean you don't own you. You still own you and you still get to go and change your life. And, you know, which takes me to point number four, which is you got to take those risks. Yeah. You know, you've got to put yourself out there and... And the thing that I don't think we think about as often is um, a risk is only as, is only as, um, you know, it's only worth it if we really are going to learn from it, fail or not fail, right? Like, I think that Linda, in my professional journey, I think I I could do more to pull from those failures, right? And be like, okay, what did I actually learn from it? Right. Um, For our listeners, Linda, you were telling me before the show that this is going to be posted on your, you'll have a whole article about this that you'll yep. have posted on your LinkedIn, right? That is correct. And to share with um, our listeners, something that Linda told me in my professional journey, um, uh, as we were going through, you know, you, I remember you said, Slade, try to get, this is more of a networking thing on that connection, but you said, Slade, try to get more than 500 people on your LinkedIn, try to connect yeah. with more than 500 people. And you had said that your boss told you that. Yes. And that after that, like you had seen some really crazy changes in your career. Yeah. So I, when I, I got a new, this was probably four ish years ago. I got a new boss and one mm-hmm. of the first meetings that I had with him, you know, he, one of his requirements was, Hey, you got to have more than 500 connections on LinkedIn. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, 
I, I honestly thought it was a little crazy to be super honest with you, but I'm like, okay. And so, and I made a commitment that I would get more than 500 um, connections on LinkedIn. And, and I have to say I, the going out and actually doing my due diligence to connect with more people on LinkedIn has made a world of difference. Yeah. Uh, it has put people in my path that have helped me in my career journey. It has, um, you know, even from a work standpoint, I've been able to connect with people in the community around me that, that then I have been able to like follow through on even work strategies, working with them as a result of those connections on LinkedIn. So I, I would highly recommend that anybody uh, in, in the workforce, you know, get on that because yeah. it, it's, it's you, you never know. You never know who you're going to meet on there that's going to, again, who's going to yeah. introduce you to somebody or have some next new job for you or, or whatever that may yeah. be. And I know, so Linda challenged me, you challenged me, Linda, and I, so I took that challenge and I was, I think it was last year that I finally got over 500. Um, and it is just, it's really interesting how you begin to start having different conversations and you start mm -hmm. thinking differently. So um, I will say that to this point in my life, like that hasn't, you know, ended up in a new job. Um, and, uh, and because that's not really my intent, but it, you know, it has definitely, you know, encouraged me to, to reach out and to be thoughtful about who I'm reaching out to. And, you know, so in terms of building connection listeners, you know, it can be, that's another point that I see within my students is it's, it feels scary, maybe not so much to like click like, oh, connect, but to create a conversation, especially when it's framed, you know, it's in, ensconced by yeah. this idea of professionalism, right? Like, oh, I'm connecting with this professional connection, you know, we can like things all day long on, you know, on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or, you know, TikTok, whatever it is. Uh, but suddenly like you get onto LinkedIn and it's like, oh, I've got to be professional here. It's like, you know, yeah. take a risk, right? It goes back into those things. Yeah. Linda, I love how these just, they, they fold on top of each other. Yeah. So we have just a few moments left. We are going to go into our speed round. Uh, and we're just going to go through some of, uh, some of your feelings, Linda, on, you know, how do we, um, you know, how do we get through those times where it's just really hard? So are yeah. you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. How do you get out of bed when you don't want to? Sometimes I don't. <laughs> but when I do... It's because I hear my dad's voice in my head saying, get out of bed and get to work. Yeah. Was, uh, as you know, he was yeah. the hardest worker and oh. you know, integrity and just oozed that. Um, yes. You know, it's anyway. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Listeners. I love that. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I don't get out of bed. Sometimes <laughs> we do, right? Sometimes we just got to give ourselves a kick in the pants and get out of bed. Um, what's one job you always wanted besides your current one? Okay. I got to tell you, some mornings I wake up and I have to pinch myself because I have the greatest gig on the planet right now. And so I, 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 I'm actually at a place finally where I'm like, I think I've actually got that job. I think I have that. So I'm there. So I, I can do this for a long time to come. So yeah. Right. Oh, I love that. Uh, what gives you hope in our current employment crisis? Because right, I'm not sure what it's like in Dublin right now or what the landscape is in Microsoft. We had talked previously and you had said that it's really interesting because everything's being done remote, but there are you know, something like 39 million people who have filed for unemployment. Yeah. What gives you hope for our employment, our employment prospects in the future? Yeah, I say for me, it's, it's the people that I have around me. 
it's like I, I have been able to witness such caring um, individuals, people really stepping out and, and helping one another. That gives, restores my hope in humanity, right? Like they're, for whatever challenges, and again, I'm just talking personally about myself, whatever challenges I may go through, I've actually got people around me who care. Yeah. And, and that is, and then in the workplace as well, too, and Microsoft has been phenomenal at, at dealing with their employees and, mm-hmm. and making sure that everybody stays safe and things like that as well, too. And it's just, it's, um, it, it goes back to that connection point. It's like, I, I've got that network of people that are around me that, that will help me in times of need. And, and I would hope that that would be the same for others as well, too. So Ooh, I love that. And Linda, I think to go back to something we had just previously, just previously talked about the power of connection. Yeah. Um, and if you are at a place, listener, where you have lost your job because of our experience with our, our, our human experience with COVID, right? And nobody's, nobody's been untouched by this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the power of connection, however you use it, um, go dust off that, you know, and you might be like, I'm just too tired. Okay, well then like take a break, do what you need to do. But at some point you're going to have to dust off that resume. At some point you start talking with you know, the cousins, the siblings, the aunts, the uncles, the friend down the street, and then move it out from there. You know, you start centrally, but then move it out then from there. Dust off that LinkedIn. If you don't have a LinkedIn, jump in there. If you have questions about that, please reach out to people you know. Reach out to me. I'm happy to talk through LinkedIn. But, you know, there is hope in each other. We can help yes. each other do what we need to do. Okay, last question. Um, your favorite inspirational song or movie? Uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh my gosh. Yes. I know there's something about that movie that just resonates, right? It's like this guy who's going through this, he's like super risk averse, but yet finds some way to push through it and does it anyway. He's, he's working in a job that's about ready to be taken away from him, but yet he has the integrity to finish that last job before he, you know, before he packs things up. I don't know. There's just something about that movie that I just love. Oh, I know. I love, if you don't know that movie listeners, um, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, I really love the one with Ben Stiller. Yes. Uh, I know there's the old one with Danny Kaye, maybe that's who it is, but, um, which I know is an oldie and a goodie, but I love the one with Ben Stiller. It does speak to my soul when I'm feeling a little risk averse. Yes. Um, friends and listeners, we have been, this blah 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 words 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 friends and listeners this is knowledge quest your students student experience podcast and i have been sitting down with linda thackeray she's the director of awesome uh at the garage in dublin that is with microsoft's uh branch of technology and research um we've been talking through this idea of you know the ins and outs of the great interview and we've uh, I don't know how you're feeling, listener. I'm feeling empowered. I'm feeling ready to go on this, you know, here on this day, this brand new day for you as we go out. Um, Linda, any last thoughts, anything that we didn't talk about or that you're like, hey, let's, you know, to put a pin in it, like how, is there anything that you would share with our listeners as we close out? I would just say there's so much goodness out there. you know, don't, don't be afraid to just reach out and like Slade was saying to, um, uh, reach out to family and friends, um, try that crazy thing. You know, you're, you know, you may think, oh my, I, I will just, I will just, I will just say this. The job that I first got 
when I first got hired on Microsoft, and I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I'm totally going to anyway, is like when they send me the job description to apply for it, I actually laughed out loud because I didn't think I had any of the skill sets that they were looking for. But I'm like, what the heck? And I applied for it anyway, and I got the job. Yeah. So, it's like, so like, you never know. Like, you may, you may actually think that, um, you know, it's not for you or... And, and I will say too, it led me on a path that I had no idea that I, that I was even interested in, right? Because I was doing something totally different at the time when I got the call to come work for Microsoft. And so I would just say, keep an open mind about what's going on around you. There may be some like super awesome passion for something that you don't even know exists right now. And you don't know about it until you, until you open your mind to it. So I, that's, that's what I would be for you is just like. Oh, go for it. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners, I know I tell you a million times, but I'll tell you again, this is Knowledge Quest, your student experience podcast, where you ask the questions. And I work really hard with my friends and with my family and with my community to help you find the answers. Um, we are wishing you a very happy Friday and hoping that as you are considering your dreams, that you go out and get them. This is Slate Thackeray for Linda Thackeray, and we will see you or be with you next time on Knowledge Quest. Thanks so much. Hey, listeners, thanks for joining me today on Knowledge Quest, your student experience podcast. If you have a question you want me to explore or a professional you want me to sit down with, please drop me a line at anchor.fm backslash Slade-Thackeray. My name is S-L-A-D-E-T as in Tom, H-A-C-K-E-R-A-Y. Catch you next time.